Zeitgeist Turkey, coming to you weekly from Istanbul. Your smart guide to the state of Turkey. Welcome to Zeitgeist Turkey. This is Cansu Çamlıbel, coming to you from Istanbul with Can Selçuk'i. Can, good to talk to you, although from a distance. We are still some time away from sitting in a studio together, at least for another month or two. And hopefully New Year will bring us back the human touch, at least a little bit. I feel like we all need that. Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020? Well, most definitely, but I mean, I'm really hoping for some glimmer of light, at least in spring 2021. This thing is taking a toll on everybody. And, you know, if this goes on long enough, I might even be convinced to take the Chinese vaccine. Well, I think we might all go down that road at the end of the day. But in our final episode this year, let's talk about something else. The state of the young people, their hopes, dreams, and their unemployment. Because whenever we try to reflect on the future of this country, there is no way we can escape the facts out there concerning the youth. And you guys did a very extensive detailed study in collaboration with GIAT, which is the Young Business People and Business Professionals Association, right? That's true, Johnson. I would like you to share the details of this research with us today. And then we can analyze the data step by step. Sure. What we tried to do was to sort of take stock of what's happening in youth employment or unemployment. Well, we did a survey across Turkey with 1,391 people in 26 cities across Turkey between the age 18 and 30. And we tried to look at it not only from an employment perspective, but, you know, what are the obstacles they face when finding a job, what aspects of their education is adequate or not, what's the psychological toll on being young and unemployed. And why we did this is because youth unemployment is a rather significant problem in Turkey, because For the past two decades now, every time we talk abroad, we boast about Turkey's young population, how it's very dynamic. Indeed, the median age is just a little over 30, and we have a huge demographic window, as economists would say, that could really help Turkey make a jump forward with its young and dynamic population, particularly in the backdrop of an aging Europe. However, of course, while it's a good thing to have a young population, It's not a good thing to have a young population who is jobless. It not only poses a lot of risk from an economic perspective and growth perspective, but also from a social perspective as well. The picture is getting worse in the in the face of the pandemic, I would have to say. Let me perhaps give you some numbers. Youth unemployment is 24% in Turkey. So one out of four young people does not have a job. And employment rate is only 31%. So these are very bad numbers, especially in a country, as I said, that boasts with its young population. And of course, these are the official numbers. With the informal employment and different definitions that construct these statistics, it is suspected that youth unemployment is actually 30%, meaning one out of three young people do not have a job in Turkey. So this is actually why we wanted to take a closer look Unemployment is the core issue, obviously, 
But when I was going over um, your analysis, I also came across quite a bit of other heart-wrenching data. For instance, for me, one of those was to see that almost 35% of the university graduates in Turkey do not speak any other language than their mother tongue in year 2020. Well, Jansu, that's not a surprising figure. We have now over 200 universities in Turkey. While that looks like very impressive growth, it's only impressive in quantity. In quality, that's not the case. I mean, many of these universities, if you go across the land, you will immediately realize that these are not actually proper higher education institutes. These are just better equipped high schools, in my opinion, poorly at that. Because for a while, we concentrated on the numbers so much that quality was uh, totally dismissed. And, you know, this is education we are talking about. So if you're dismissing the quality parts, then you're really missing the whole point. And I suspect that actually many of these universities were not established in order to provide high quality, higher education to young people across the land, but rather as a regional development, part of a regional development program. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you establish a university, you need buildings and that fuels the construction economy. And once the university is there, students go there, they rent houses, you know, they spend. So it sort of gives a boost to the local economy. But obviously, that's not why universities around the world are being established. The problem is families go through a lot of trouble to get their kids educated and go to university, believing, rightly so, because these places are called universities. Once their kids graduate from these institutions, they'll find a job. But once they graduate and, you know, go out into the job market, they very quickly realize that the skills that they've acquired, if any, in those institutions do not allow them to find good jobs that would sustain their living. One thing to note is there are 18 million people in Turkey that work in formal jobs. 43% of that 18 million, their salaries are either at minimum wage or very close to the minimum wage. The median wage in Turkey is alarmingly close to the minimum wage. So this actually paints you a picture of poverty because minimum wage right now is at 2,300 Turkish liras. If you divide it by seven roughly $300 a month. Uh, and also, let me remind you that the line of poverty is a little over 4,000 lira in Turkey. So we have these universities, people graduate from them. These are very poorly equipped universities that do not have proper professors, that do not have proper utilities. University graduates, and I'm using this in quotation marks, then can't find a job and they settle for something much less than what they think their university diploma would get them. Almost 40% of the university grads in Turkey say that during their time at the university, they had an internship thanks to their schools. This is understandable. But then almost the same amount of grads, around 38%, say that they found an internship through friends, family, who can insert their influence and this tells us a lot about the employment criteria in Turkey, which is just the opposite of the merit and competence-based hiring in the West. And it turns out that this is still very much valid in 2020 Turkey. That's right, Jansu. And I think that's one of the 
saddest outcomes of our research because equal opportunity, opportunity for vertical mobility is decreasing every day. At the foundation of the Republic, almost 100 years ago, this was the biggest promise of the Republic to the Turkish society. Equal opportunity in education, equal opportunity in, in vertical upwards mobility, while at the same time providing a social net for those who were left behind. And this is increasingly diminishing in Turkey. And I think this is, as I said, let me repeat myself, this is one of the saddest outcomes of our research. Once this is gone, then young people lose their hope for a better future. They lose their hope, trust in the system. They lose their trust in the country. They lose their trust in democracy. We've discussed this before. And this is an increasingly more dominant sentiment among young people in Turkey. What can you tell us about the relationship between the migration patterns and the young people's desperate search for employment? Almost 40% of the participants who were working said that they had to migrate to another city in order to find a job. In a normal situation, this would be okay. This would actually show you the vitality of an economy. It could imply a lower barrier to find a job because, you know, people can move around freely, relocate in other cities. Normally, this could be a good thing. But the destination of migration is predominantly to Istanbul and then Kocaeli, Bursa, Ankara, meaning the Western large metropolitans. I mean, except for Ankara, but that's the capital, right? It's followed by Antalya and Izmir. So we have, again, a very distorted picture. Obviously, this is not new. This is what's happening, has been happening in Turkey for the past seven decades, at least, let's say, because of regional disparities in economic development. Young people and older people alike locate to Western metropoles to, to find jobs, paints a very unequal and distorted job market and, and economy. But let me reiterate, this is not something new. If anything, by the way, if you look at the migration numbers, this has been going in reverse, at least, let's say, for the past 10 years. Obviously, for example, the population of Istanbul is decreasing. But in a city like Istanbul, if it decreases by 100,000 every year, it doesn't make a dent, right? You don't feel it, but it is actually decreasing. And there are increasingly more economic opportunities, apart from the crisis moment that we are in now, that has been popping up across the country. So... Let's be fair at that. Well, as you said, it's no surprise that Istanbul is still the number one destination where people come to look for a job and not only the youth. However, the job market here is also very much saturated, especially after the arrival of the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, university grads have been having huge trouble in getting employed. And unfortunately, digitalization did not really help the young people on that front. This is probably an area that needs further analysis. But as a final point today, I would like you to reflect on the psychology of the young people in Turkey and this youth unemployment, both shares of the political parties and how this dynamic will in turn be instrumentalized in politics Uh, so, John, so I think this is a very important point. Young people, the young population in Turkey is one of the biggest potential agents of change for the next elections. And actually, this is a chapter in my upcoming book. We are having a deep dive into this particular subject. But the thing is, because they're a potential agent of change, doesn't mean that they will be an agent of change. 
somebody needs to convince these young people that they can deliver better than whomever their opponent is. And they need to organize these young people, Le Macron or, uh, or AOC, let's say, or Obama. But like I said, the sustained youth unemployment is causing them to lose faith in the system, in political parties, in democracy. If a leader, if a political party can organize them, can organize that loss of faith into hope, then definitely the young people will be one of the biggest agents of change in the in the coming elections. Well, it's interesting if you finish your book before I do. <laughs> That's a shame. Okay, so a lot of announcements today. Let's have a let's have a bet on that. Who's going to finish his or her her book? Maybe it's going to be a kind of push for each one of us. But coming back to our discussion, <laughs> uh, leaving the uh, revelations aside, the change agents, the most important change agents in Turkey, as the young people, I quite agree with that assumption. And if I'm not mistaken, what you're trying to say is that. None of the political parties that are that are existing in the political sphere today is totally successful in attracting that much of attention from the undecided young voters. Is that correct? John, so I think you are being too kind on those politicians. They are not even close to convincing. <laughs> they are they are nowhere near mm-hmm. uh, making an appeal for this group of people. This is not about taking a selfie with the kids after a Zoom meeting. No, uh, right. so this you're requires a... <laughs> no, not only him, everybody does that. Taking selfies is rather uh, outdated. So that's not, that's not it. They need to have a fundamental change of mentality to be able to appeal to these people. And I find that uh, because Turkish politics and Turkish political parties are so much concentrated on the leadership, different actors do not really emerge. That's, I think, one of the reasons why they can't do it, because you need a champion of the issue, right? Champion of this. And the leader of a party can only be the champion of so many issues. And I think that's why they are actually failing to attract these young people in the first place. Are you hopeful that a new kind of movement or a new kind of leader might emerge in the next year or years to mobilize the energy of the young people in Turkey? Because I don't see that happening. That's the trouble. Well, I'm always hopeful, not because I think any of the current leaders can do it, but I'm always hopeful that a newcomer will have the capacity, capability to understanding to do this. So yes, I am hopeful, but not because of the current landscape. Well, I would like to take your word on this one. And uh, I would like to end today's episode on this positive note and on the hopes rather than uh, the concerns and disappointments, because this happens to be the final episode of Zeitgeist Turkey in 2020. We are going to take a little break during Christmas And then hopefully we will come back with positive agendas in the first weeks of January. Do you have final remarks as we farewell this difficult and gloomy year, John? Well, John, so obviously I hope 2021 has brighter days than we had in 2020. But let me maybe reflect on our podcast. This was the first time ever that I do such a thing. And it's been an absolute pleasure to discuss current events with you since the beginning of the pandemic. Exactly. Uh, thanks to all of our audience that you know uh, kept listening to us over this time. I received very encouraging feedback, and you know, thank you for this opportunity. And hope to keep this up in 2021. 
I also would like to thank the Heinrich Böll Foundation for supporting the making of this podcast and trusting in us. And I also would like to thank to our audience, but I'm also glad to share the microphone with you. Please take care of yourselves. Enjoy the holidays. Have a great Christmas and a New Year's. And hope to see you next year here on Zeitgeist Turkey. Goodbye. Bye-bye.